Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, 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 the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to <laughs> figure it out. We are back, baby. What's going on, everybody? Man, so, it is don't be an idiot. Speaking of don't be an idiot, so that, hey, baby. <laughs> okay, that is from our favorite comedian who does a weekly podcast. But I've got a question for you. So do you find yourself just saying that now? Time. And how does your wife feel about it? She like is ruthlessly making fun of me for it right now. She's like, uh, you can't control yourself, can you? You can't help you can't help it. And I try to be like, Oh I know what I'm doing. I don't. Uh, I just Yes, that's the problem. Like I think he sounds dumb when he says it, but now it's like part of my It's ridiculous. <laughs> well whether or not how we started, it's going to be how we finish here, right? That's right. <laughs> so actually, just speaking of things we aren't necessarily consciously choosing to do, that brings up today's kind of topic. And we're kind of been doing a bunch of them. We don't know how many of these we're going to do. They're, they're fun to talk about, honestly, is why we're doing them. Really, that's the entirety of our show is what do we find fun to talk about that could mildly be construed as inspirational? <laughs> Helping people it's be a little bit more focused and <laughs> intentional than that. Helping people be a little bit smarter. Yes. So with that, we've been talking about really dumb things smart Christians believe, uh, n- n- common lies Christians believe, and one of them is follow your heart. And this one may be the most just unassumed stated belief in our culture is just that you need to be true to who you are. Follow what you think you should do. Just, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. You know, we're right now just, uh, pre Super Bowl right now and everyone's excited because the chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Uh, and there's this love story right now, Taylor and Oh, there is a love story. Uh, Travis Kelsey. And it's honestly, when I listen to ESPN, and it's all over the place. They're just talking about how these guys are just, you know, how great this love story is. And I just keep hearing them say things like, man, follow your heart. And if Taylor Swift isn't the poster child for follow your heart, I don't know who is anyway. Uh, and it's, No, that's actually a perfect one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's she's the poster child for it. Like, every, every, even her music, like, it's exactly yeah. the reason she's dumping so many boys, all these different things. But there's this, like Caleb said, kind of this unspoken, we're all just kind of walking around doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called hedonism. And it's this <laughs> idea that I'm just chasing the greatest good in the world is what makes me feel good. Uh, and so when you say we follow our heart, so what I want mm-hmm. is the most important thing. And even if we would say we don't consciously do this, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sacrificing for this and I'm doing this and I'm helping other people. A lot of the time, if you check um, your motives in the small ways and the big ways in your life, you're going to realize you're just following your heart. Yeah. So, like, nearly every story right now that our culture is telling is is saying this. Uh, from the way we rewrite uh, history. For example, we rewrite that every uh, princess that was... Uh, beginning to form a political alliance and was going to get married off by the evil king to some other prince from another nation that she would have hated that. Uh, I was just reading in the story in Genesis um, and it's with Abraham sending a servant to go find a wife for his son. His son is 
40 years old. And he's just trusting dad to find him a wife. And dad sends a servant and goes, finds this girl sight unseen who then agrees to move away from her family for the rest of her life, sight unseen, to marry this guy. And that was all okay. Like, she didn't necessarily have a say in yes or no, but she had a say in I'll go right now versus I'll go later. And she's like, I'll go now. I don't, I'm good. Let's go. This cultural assumption that now we read backwards into all of history is that that, follow your heart and and who you love the most is that's what's ultimate and and you're denying yourself your true self if you give in to anybody else's plan or thought for your life uh, a different way but still in our in our popular princess disney imagination is uh in in the movie moana she she was following her heart and doing exactly what her father told her not to do. And her father ends up being the, the villain of the story. Her father was telling her, you know, hey, don't put your life in danger going beyond the reef. Oh, but the sea is calling me. Like, so <laughs> as much fun as that movie is, and it's got great music and great characters, it's this whole idea of the highest authority is your own heart. And you don't let anybody else tell you what to do you've got to be true to who you are so the funny thing here i think christians would hear this and be like oh the culture is so bad Mm. but we do this all the time we do this in the way that we build our relationships we do this in the way we interact with food we do this in the way we interact with buying stuff i got an idiot story for you okay so in college uh, I, I just have always loved stuff and I, you know, I always want to get the new thing. I'm like every other person, <laughs> right? Like, uh, <laughs> like this is not a, unless you're like driven by being cheap. Yes. I, I'm like the opposite, but it's not necessarily a good opposite. It's <laughs> a defiant opposite. So in college I left my, uh, like part-time retail job to start working full-time at a, uh, detention center since uh, essentially I was a prison guard for about a year. Yeah. And, uh, because I'm a pretty highly relational person, I tend to just kind of just get into all the other things that people around me, my friends are into. I just want to be with them and be around them and different things like that. And so uh, both of the guys that I hung out with at work drove motorcycles. And I was like, you know what I want? I want to buy a motorcycle. So just picture this, right? One income, yep. two kids uh, Okay, I was gonna in ask. college. And when I say <laughs> so one so income, I'm making $2,000 a month with a family of four. Nice. Livable, kind of. Ish. <laughs> yeah. I decide there's a Honda dealership in the town that we're living in, and I take my wife and my kids, and like, I'm going to go look at motorcycles. Wait. <laughs> and Just, I got... I, I know this, but how, how how old are your kids at this time? Yeah, they're in diapers. You know, Emma is brand new. This wasn't long so before we moved here. not motorcycle riding age. No, it was totally for me. Totally for me. And my... Loving wife goes with me, and she, I think, knows like once I get, you know, set on something, I ignore everything else around me. And I'm <laughs> sitting in the Honda dealership, picked out a bike. I'm talking with a guy, and I just, he's talking about the loan that I'm going to take because I don't have any cash. I have no cash, not in the bank, not in my wallet, nowhere. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to buy this motorcycle. Why? Because I was following my heart. And it finally, as Sean and I continue in conversation, 
it just something clicks like this is really stupid this is really stupid you know what i mean and we walked out of there and i just remember thinking like i legitimately dodged a bullet like <laughs> like i i would have been regretting that i didn't know how to drive i didn't have a motorcycle license i didn't know how to, i've never ridden a motorcycle like so many wrong things and because i was following my heart look at the decision that would have done to my family oh good thing good thing you got out of that yeah just why i still God's remember great. i still remember the bike you know what i mean like because I, I see them every <laughs> once about like, it. yes i'm like oh, that'd be so cool and it's not necessarily a bad thing buying a motorcycle is not a bad thing but it, no. the way that i was going to do it and just upend literally my family for this was a wild and inappropriate and wrong thing what a, what a terrible yeah, i mean bottom line that would have been sin it would have been sin. It, 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 oh, that's, yeah. that's uh, great. i thank god for a, a godly wife that disapproved and gave me the bad glance whatever that was you know what i mean i'm not sure yeah, however she I, yeah she, however. she knew how to slowly get jake to the right point yes. she's like <laughs> silently praying over you the whole way there she was staring down the train <laughs> as it was coming down the tracks and like somehow how? the train swerved out of her yeah <laughs> yeah it's great god rerouted the tracks but if now you I, I tell you my story i hope you're laughing bring it up to me it's stupid i i get yeah, it i've got Caleb's got a dozen. I've got a dozen stories I can oh, tell you. Oh, my goodness. My, you, my whole life, right? Like, I mean, honestly, I could... There's countless examples, like, with food for me. Like, hey, you know you know, you shouldn't, but it'll feel good. And so I eat too much. Like, oh. Uh, just, okay, every Thanksgiving, that's what I'm going to be doing. I was like, every Tuesday night is what <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Just regular, regularly. Uh, I often think, like, um, my whole high school testimony can be summed up in follow your heart and God protecting me. Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> Caleb. Was absolutely following his heart. Just uh, my just simple high school testimony would be whenever I was strong, there was temptation. And when I was weak, God said, no, nope, yes. no temptation around for you. Like, because you'll just follow your heart and do something really, really stupid. We know this. We've, we've watched people bounce from relationship to mm. relationship to relationship, thinking that the next thing is going to make them happy. And the last thing was the worst thing. Yeah. And it's not their fault. They're just, what, trying to follow their heart. Just trying to follow their heart. Which is a dangerous thing. Uh, Caleb's favorite thing. Let's just go back to Genesis and look <laughs> how this is dangerous. Adam and Eve, you know what I mean? The, yeah. the devil tempts him with this i mean you could wrap it up in this like did he really say this don't you really want yeah. this isn't this really going to be but for your good yes well you just follow your heart just follow your heart and and there's a verse and we'll start and i think end with this verse. Yeah, this is good yeah uh delight yourself in the lord this is from psalm 37 verse 4 delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you're saying a good God who created us wants yeah. to give us the desires of wants our heart. Wants to give you the desires of your heart. Like this is the whole, he wants to give you and bless you with the desires of your heart. But. Yeah. Uh, this is, couldn't be a bigger but in scripture. Right? <laughs> what do we know about the desires of man's heart? Yeah. Uh, let's just slowly look at that. Yeah. Let's look at the scriptures. Let's, let's, let's look at the scriptures. I don't want the, you to ever think it's me and Caleb coming up with these truths. I mean, we're pretty smart, but... <laughs> also, we're the number one idiots trying not to be That's idiots, so. the whole point here. Uh, and Jeremiah 17. And there's a lot of context here. I think we could go around. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, goodness gracious, yeah. Uh, but in verse 9, Jeremiah says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Some versions say desperately wicked. Who can understand it? I love this. And this is in the context of... I'm trying to decide how deep we want to go here. Uh, Jeremiah is 
a prophet writing, I think about 500 years before Jesus, uh, about 500 years after David, just rough. Um, no one's listening. Like to his, his oh, famously, no, no. yeah, famously, he's the pastor. No one listened to. Nobody yeah. cares. He's the prophet, not pastor. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and what he's doing. So imagine, uh, five hundred years ago is a long time, and he's reflecting on a Psalm of David, Psalm one, and he's he rewrote it sort of. It's a it's a pretty uh, flagrant ripoff uh, as he's talking about what the righteous man looks like. And he, and he goes through this whole description. And he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Uh, so you get all of this garden imagery, right? And going back to Genesis, the tree of life by the river of life. And he's bearing fruit. Notice the, the fruit of the tree of life versus the t- fruit of the tree of death, really. Is he's reminding you Adam and Eve's heart's fallenness in the garden yes. when they picked the fruit, the bad fruit. He's tying all of that in. And then he says the heart... What we continually go back to, what every single one of us chooses, is sickness and death to the point that we don't even understand it. And then he goes on, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This is, as you hear that, what do you think about as you hear that in our society and where we're at right now? Yeah. I, oftentimes, you know, we expect, I, I hear people say like, I could, you know, don't strike me down, God, or do this. So much, so often the justice that we see that God actually has is just giving us up into the consequences of our own yeah. sin. Now, Caleb <laughs> had a testimony here of like young saved Caleb who was trying his best, his darndest here to stay on the path of faith. You know what I mean? When I'm thinking about the Pilgrim's Progress and a little Christian walking the path, yeah. you know, uh, God was protecting him from some of the things, but so often God just gives us to the consequences. And so when, you know, when someone's like, man, I just, I can't catch a break. I'm like, well, you keep making bad decisions. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, you keep following your, your own. own heart. Yeah. And what the story is, is that our heart, well, uh, Ezekiel says, um, talks about the heart your heart is a heart of stone mm-hmm. like your heart is a terrible terrible guide it's de- desperately sick so uh, i hate hospitals like i really do um i'm not like it's not like a phobia i just don't like being in them yeah you know and the older i get the more um grossed out I am by germs. I used to never be a germaphobe, but now like if you see me on Wednesday nights, we have these iPads that everybody touches to check in. (laughs) And I, at the end of the night, am checking parents out. So I'm the only one touching it. And what I do before I really start touching the iPad at all is I douse it in hand sanitizer. Just the thought of all of those little kid hands. It's pretty gross. Yeah, it, it grosses me out now. So just the, the idea of the hospital and being around sick things. And, and where I'm going with that is we have to realize that the sickness isn't, that's a danger to us. The sickness that's a danger to us isn't going to the hospital. It's the sickness that's already within us mm-hmm. is the biblical story. It's the same thing that culture is saying, let that define who you are. And the Bible says, well, that's a really sick thing. Like you're following a path of sickness and death. It's a stone. It's not alive. 
It's a, go ahead. In the picture, I keep thinking of my head. Let's just practically walk this through. If I have a toddler, just a three-year-old, and I let them do whatever they want to do. So at nine a.m., you know, eight a.m. they wake up. Mm-hmm. Nine a.m. What do you want for breakfast, kid? They pick what they want for breakfast. What are they going to pick, Caleb? Marshmallows, fruity char, or fruity Didn't pebbles. Didn't I send you this, this meme earlier like today? All of these, these just terrible things. All right. And then they start going through the day, and they just start playing with everyone, doing whatever they want. You let them do whatever they want. It gets mm-hmm. to lunch. They mm-hmm. eat more sugar. They eat more mm-hmm. junk. It gets to nap time. No, I'm not taking nap time. It's not even going to get to 4 p.m. What's no. going to be the state of your house, and uh, and what's that toddler going to have done? And <laughs> well, just to themselves. They may be murdered by that point. <laughs> yes. They may, the house will be destroyed. My patients will be afraid. Like, Did you ever see the movie Gremlins? No, I didn't. When those did. little cute little things get water put on them, they turn into these nasty, mean monsters. This is a classic. Yeah, it's a classic 80s watched. movie. Yeah, that's what they turn into. Like, <laughs> it's just a great case study. And the funny thing is, we think we're these super mature. Like, that's exactly what happens when adults follow their hearts. But the problem is, they don't have actual adults cleaning up after them. That's right. Yes, there's nobody there just picking up. Well, sometimes there is. Yes. And then we blame society for like the mess they create as society's just looking around trying to clean up the mess from adults who are acting like children. Uh, I sent you a meme earlier today, and I sent it to my wife. Uh, it says at the top, my kids, after I refuse to let them have ice cream and cake <laughs> for breakfast and dessert. Fine, I'm done with you. Don't ever speak to me until bedtime. <laughs> exactly right. Like until that, they want something. That's that's what a child is, and that's what that's what we're raising a society that acts like children. That acts like every impulse I have, every desire of my heart, is what I should be pursuing. And I don't think this is a new thing. I think this no. this has started a long time ago. And this is every generation has some of this in them, where we're just if we allow ourselves to do just whatever we want. It's going to turn into dangerous and broken and sinful things. Yes. Uh, I just saw, man, a, the saddest video I've seen in a long time. I think it was Philadelphia. It could have been another, it was another city like that. Uh, New York? Uh, where the cop? No, it was okay. the, you, there's guys taking a, a, a camera down and it's just all of these addicts who, who were shooting up on the, in the middle of the street. And all of a sudden you're seeing like this depravity and it's not illegal for them right there. Mm. And, now, we're not talking about, I mean, addiction is its own thing. Like mm-hmm. sin has mm-hmm. gross and horrible and hard consequences. Mm-hmm. And once you're locked in, sometimes you can't personally, physically take yourself yeah. out. But what I'm saying is this is where the human heart leads. Mm. This is why divorce rate is at 50 or whatever it's at these days. Mm-hmm. This is why the abortion rates are what they at. Because, mm-hmm. oh, if I follow my heart, I don't really want to be strapped down by a child. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is why obesity and heart disease, all of the things Everything. that... Sin, any sin that you can think of is a consequence of man and woman following their hearts. Mm-hmm. Because when, let's go back to the garden, when God sets them in the garden and says, hey, work, be fruitful and multiply, follow the things, not that you want to do, but mm. I've called you to do. Mm. The, I remember a parent sitting down and I, it wasn't even like a serious conversation, but we were just sitting literally at the church here and uh we were talking about his like five-year-old daughter or something and uh a new guy i, I so just trying to build a relationship with him just meet him where he's at and he made the statement that i will never forget five-year-old daughter he said i'm just gonna kind of let her choose her own religion She'll choose the religion of herself then. Just the 
what exactly do we let children decide on their own? I don't let my kids decide breakfast because it would be cake and ice cream. Mm -hmm. I don't let my kids decide if they go to school. I don't let my kids decide what they wear. Now, two out of the three would do well choosing what they're going to wear. One, no. It's going to be a struggle. (laughs) He he can't match to save his life. Uh, Nothing but holy sweatpants for him. We, We don't let kids decide be the ultimate authority in anything, but yet we're telling them they get to be the ultimate authority for their whole life, their whole destiny. And we say, follow what you think is right. Both for ourselves, we model that, and then we tell our kids that. Um, which, by the way, we don't actually tell our kids that. Uh, we, we may say that abstractly, but then we give them rules. Yeah. Because you can't live in a society where everyone does what is right in their own eyes. Uh, they, and that's constantly shifting too. Oh goodness! Because you know what I'm saying. Like when you follow your heart, your heart's only good for so long for that thing, and all of a sudden the the rules change or the game changes, and then I'm a certain another thing. We're seeing this in the transgender community yes. right now. Huge. Uh, I didn't mean to shift this no, way no, from what you're no, talking about, but great. there's this there's this huge movement of like, man, four or five years ago, everyone starts jumping on ship. They're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, and then they start doing these life altering surgeries and yep. the, taking these medicines. And then all of a sudden, they get to the point where their brains are not growing or not changing, changing anymore. Changing like, all the time. This might have been a bad idea. And now we're seeing re- huge numbers of these of these people come back and say, this was a mistake. Yeah. Because shocker, you didn't really know at what you... At 14. At 40. At 40, <laughs> your heart changes. At 40, you're thinking, you know what? I do want the boat and the camper, and I want to be the camping lifestyle. And you get to 45, you're like, that was terrible. You know, maybe I just want land. You know, I had it for a little while, decided that didn't bring happiness. Yes. It, our, our hearts are constantly changing. And so we, it, well, I don't want to get there just quite yet because the, the answer is still there. And, mm-hmm. and we want to hold this out there. But uh, one of my, uh, uh, John Acuff, is one of my uh, author, speaker, uh, comedian, biz, comedian, yeah, like a pretty, lot of things. pretty funny guy, but and he's pretty active on social media. But I remember this post. This is from like five or six years ago, something like that. He's like, "I'm really stressed out and anxious. Heart, you need some coffee." <laughs> Mind, I don't think that's right. No, you need coffee. <laughs> coffee lowers your anxiety. Yeah, coffee will lower your anxiety, stress, depression. That's no, no, that's not. And it, so it's this, he sets it up as a conversation between his heart and his mind. Like our heart is lying to us constantly. Nice. Well, that's what he was pointing out is that, Hey, just cause your heart feels like you want something doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's true. And you need that check of your mind saying, Hey, wait, um, I know what coffee does. Coffee is a stimulant. So whatever you've got the little rabbit, you got running around already. The anxiety, the heart rate that's already up because you're anxious, coffee's not going to help your heart rate go down mm. and make you feel more relaxed and calm. Uh, so just, just I, I think you can look at plenty of examples in your own life and other people's mm. life and culture and the church all over the world. Anywhere where there's a human, you can look at the absolute absurdity that happens when someone follows their own mm-hmm. heart. And we talked about it because your heart's sick, or wicked and sinful and it's broken and sick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Caleb talked about the hospital, like all of those things. But when you start thinking, okay, so if we're not supposed to follow our heart and we're on this faith journey, whatever you want to call it, what am I then pointing to? Yeah. So let's go back to Jeremiah 17. Please. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, 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 we, we started by reading verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And we referenced that the whole context is, is a hyperlink back to Psalm chapter 1. So look, if you've got your Bibles, if you want to check us, Jeremiah 17 verse 5 starts this way, thus says the Lord. So this is Jeremiah speaking with the voice of God, saying, this is what God is telling me to tell you. Cursed is the man, uh, cursed is the man who trusts in man, who makes flesh, who makes his heart his strength, uh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. This is all, it's, it's Psalm 1, which is a retelling of Genesis 3, by the way, uh, so it's all saying, look at this. This is a curse. When you turn from the tree of life of following and obeying what God says to do, that brings a curse. By the way, it's not God's active judgment on you. It's the natural consequence from choosing to follow your heart. He's like a shrub in the desert. I love the imagery here. He's like a shrub in the desert and shall see and shall not, sorry, if I could read and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the in the parched places of the wilderness, in an uninhabited... <laughs> I can't read right now. I'm sorry, guys. In an uninhabited salt land. This is such an amazing picture of what it looks like to follow your heart. It's you're, death. You're, it's death. You're constantly striving for these things, but your heart is constantly lying to you. It's constantly changing. You are getting... You're the little hamster on the, on the wheel of happiness. You're pursuing the desires of your heart, but those never lead to actual happiness, peace, satisfaction, joy. It's a curse. You want to pick up verse yeah. 7? Blessed is the man. This should be, if you have not read Psalm 1, go read it after this. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose, na- whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree, so tree or shrub, mm. planted not by the desert, but by water mm. that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes for it leaves its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. And then, and then he says, verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick who can understand it. Jeremiah responds back to the Lord because mm. he realizes what the Lord said, what God's saying here is like, Hey, trust yourself and die. Yeah. Trust God and live. This is literally Genesis one, two and three. Mm-hmm. Trust God and live. Trust man and die. Jesus says this, this in the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> this is the gospel story, right? Yeah. Like, quit trusting your heart. Now, let's go back to Psalm 37, where we started with. Delight yourself in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you get that first line... Go back to what we were just reading in Jeremiah. Then you're a tree planted by the rivers of life. This is the story of the Bible. If you'll simply trust God, find your delight, your purpose, your meaning, your identity in God, then then what you want will be fulfilled. Then you'll experience joy and happiness and meaning and purpose and, and you'll have a fulfilled life where you that you'll be proud of and and when you get to old age you can die in peace and and, and have said hear God say to you, Well done, good and faithful servant. And that's an amazing thing. That's when your delight, when you find all of that, when your delight is in him, man, that's gonna be an amazing thing. 
then all the desires of your hearts are coming true. Uh, you were saying, you were sharing with me just, just before we started recording about what you were talking about last night and how. Uh, yeah, we've been in this series called Rhythms at yeah. a youth group. And it, it paired so so well. This is, you know, this podcast, we are part of, we're pastors at First Baptist Church in Mount City. Every church has, typically every church has what they call a mission statement, just a sentence or two that mm-hmm. points you in the direction of what they're here for. And for us, we exist to connect people with God and others. That's our overarching thing. We want to connect people with God and others. So we're doing this series called Rhythms where we're trying to teach teenagers how to create habits that are connect them to God and other people. That's great. And uh, so we've got to talk about, you know, doing Bible study learning the gifts so you can serve people. But last night, it was about man, creative rhythms to connect with other believers. And in Acts 2.42, there's this great, I, th- I think prescriptive I, in some way. Some ways it's mm-hmm. prescriptive, some ways it's descriptive. But there's these prescriptive things, meaning like the, if you do these, then you'll, good things will happen. And so they do these things that are saying they're gathering together, they're reading the word. And so I was telling the teenagers like, hey, you need Christian friends. You have to have it. You were created for community. You know, we, it's a whole other podcast we can do, but you have to have it. So based on that truth, how do you find Christian friends? You start looking for pe- people doing a few things. Those who take the word of God serious. Mm. Those who are found praising God in tough and good times. And those who are serving other people. Mm. That's what you need to find. And, and just when you're talking about your heart, and if you know it's deceitful, it's know it's sick, what is the cure? Well, there's an answer. And I love when, you know, with Acts 2 and, and all the gospel writers, at, or excuse me, the, like the epistle writers after that, they're all pointing back to Jesus because Jesus mm. came, God steps into human form and gives us the answer. Death is found when you find yourself. And he says, but I am the living water. Mm. I am the bread that will not make you hungry anymore. Like I am all these things. Jesus keeps pointing back to himself. That's the answer. So yeah. we don't trust in our heart. We trust in Jesus. Tease it out a little bit. Like, because that's such a, a churchy thing to say, well, trust in Jesus and not in your heart. Like, what, what do we mean when we so, say so trust that means, in Jesus? Well, going back to that tree imagery of defining what is right in your own eyes, uh, of seeking what is right and wrong for yourself. That means, well, in our sexual ethic, we say, I, I don't get it. I, I know pornography. I know masturbation. I know sex outside of marriage, whatever. Hookup culture. Uh, only, I, I, yeah, only fans I know culture adultery. Right now, all of this. I, I, yeah. All of that feels good in the moment. But I'm going to trust that God has the source of living water and what actually is going to bring me real pleasure forevermore. So I'm going to say no to what I want right now, knowing that what he said is true. It's so much better for you. He says not to be envious of what other people have. Well, ah, I don't like that because other people have some really cool stuff. I wanted the motorcycle. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought my friends were cool. Oh, uh, yeah. I, dude, I'm, I live... Uh, I've got a spot on Sugar Valley Lake. I love it. I'm really proud of it. And then I go out on my, uh, on my boat. I have a freaking boat. That's super cool. Go out and see other boats that are better, bigger, faster. They've got cooler toys. And, by the way, this is, it's really good for me and my heart because I have to constantly work with my kids on their heart. <laughs> yeah. You get one thing and they immediately want 10 other things. And it's just a great check having to explain to them that's envy. That's a sinful desire of your heart. And then for me, oh, hey, you have that in your own heart. God says, don't look with envy on what other people right. have. Be content with what you have. So I say, okay, I'm going to trust that God says to, to be content, to just be happy with what I have. So I'm going to be focused on, on praising him, on thanking him. Some of the other things, uh, s- saying no to yourself and defining, what am I doing with my money? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
God says to give some of it back to him. Well, don't like that. That's mine. That's my money. And he's like, mm, no, I own it all. Hey, I'm just asking you to give some of it back to me as a reminder to your heart. Like, Ugh, okay, I'm going to trust that. And then in, in doing that, you find freedom and joy. 100%. If, if you'll say no to yourself, I'm not, I'm not going to live in my own wisdom and understanding. About you, you? I think about the, your body and your food that you're eating. Yeah. Like God has, in the same way he's given you other things, he gives you this body. Mm -hmm. And so when he says like to take care of yourself, your body's a temple, there's a lot of things going on there, mm -hmm. spiritual, but also physical. Like mm -hmm. instead of doing this, you know, maybe I take a walk. Maybe I try to look out for myself. Maybe I, you know, don't eat all of those things. The water imagery is sticking in my head, Caleb, because I think mm. it's supposed to, because uh, Psalm one and then Jeremiah 17, they both, they both gave us this beautiful picture of this, in my head, because where I'm from, it's this huge oak tree. Yeah. That's roots are just dug deep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just drinking deep. And then there's this desert imagery. And then I, then I started thinking about, uh, oh, the, the book that I read where the guys get stuck out in the middle of the ocean and one of them drinks salt water. Mm. And so you're- Is it undaunted? Yeah, something like that. Like the, God offers you this living water and the world offers you this salt water. Mm. And the first drink of that salt water, you're like, okay, it's quenching my thirst. This is okay. But then you quickly realize it only brings death. This is what the world is offering you. Salt mm -hmm. water instead of fresh water. Yeah. Dead water. And it looks the same. You can't. And when you're thirsty, <laughs> it might. Mm. <laughs> maybe you want a little salt in the water. A little mm. flavor in that water. You know what I mean? A little bit. It gets to a dangerous place. I want to finish. This is kind of the last verse in, in Jeremiah 17 as we wrap up. In, in this little dialogue section here, it's verse 13, Jeremiah 17, verse 13. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, meaning they're going to die and turn back to dust. They have forsaken <laughs> the Lord. Right. <laughs> I read it before Caleb said, I'm like, yeah. The fount of of living water. He's the only source of true desires of your heart. You, you said it great just two minutes ago. You can choose dead water or you can choose living water. See you next time.